You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, or Savior. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him, that is Jesus, in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phineal, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. That's Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. Let me pray for us. Almighty God, you have given us your one and only Son to take on our nature and to take on our sin, to give us his righteousness. You gave your Son so that we are born again and made your children by adoption and grace. So that we can be daily renewed by your Holy Spirit. We know that this happens only through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and that same Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Here's our big idea for today. 
You could never be saved by the law, so Jesus saved you from it. For us, he kept the law. We confess this together, usually twice a month, though a lot more this month, when we celebrate the Incarnation, that is, the Word being made flesh, otherwise known as Christmas. Now, the day may be over, but we are still celebrating through the preached Word. We have already read our text for this morning, but in order to understand this text, we will have to hear again Paul's words from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. Derek already introduced us to these verses this year when he focused on God's timing and the comfort that it should bring to us. Now, we need to see two more vital words from this text that describe Jesus' birth. Born of a woman and born under the law. So Galatians 4, 4-7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent his Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. We see many times over in our Luke passage that Joseph and Mary were dedicated to making sure Jesus is growing up a good little Jewish boy who has nothing to be culturally ashamed of. They are making certain that they are following the rituals that go along with their culture to be obedient to God's good demands on them, both as parents and then also on Jesus' behalf. They are rightly bringing him up under the law. In Luke 2, verses 22 to 24, we see the care that they are taking, following the law of the Lord down to the punctuation from both Exodus chapter 13 and Leviticus chapter 12, we would see why they are doing what they are doing. But the short of it is this, that the law was very specific and they are very specifically following it. So we understand that Jesus was born and raised under the law, but these verses, which honestly seem like they're going to be a bit boring, walking us through the rites and practices like we're back in Leviticus or something, suddenly take a hard turn. We are introduced to Simeon. We hear that Simeon is righteous and devout. Devout may be a word that you know, but here it more directly means that Simeon understood something very well. That is, that something had taken hold of him and that this thing that he understood had deep roots in his life. Now, before we go any further, we need to note a callback to our first week of Advent when John the Baptist told us to stay awake, wait and watch for the arrival of our Savior. This is important to remember because today we have two older people who have been staying awake, eyes wide open for a long time. Okay, 
I was trying to be nice. Uh, Look, Anna's age is mentioned at the end of this passage. They are old. In fact, during this time period, they would have been more than old. They were something like artifacts, uh, antiques that lived and breathed. (laughs) Quite literally, they would have been miracles. (laughs) Because anyone that lived that long back then, it was pretty miraculous. Back to Simeon, though. We have to answer a question. Is he righteous and devout according to and because of the law? Or is he righteous and devout according to and because of the promise? Throughout this season of Advent, we've been using the word promise in place of gospel. Because from the time before Jesus, we did not know that the coming Savior would fulfill all of God's promises. That one person could do all of that. We did not know that this good news would be all the good news that we would ever need. Simeon is considered righteous and devout because he is waiting for the consolation of Israel. The comforting of Israel. He is righteous and devout because he is waiting for God to be the Savior that he has promised to be. He is righteous and devout according to the promise. Because of the good news, not because of the ways that he has kept the law. And I do not mean to put Simeon down. I am sure that he was very pious and also adhered to the law of God as he was supposed to. But he also knew that the law could not save him. He was waiting on the action of God himself as Redeemer. Also, we see here that Simeon has a bit of help in understanding this from God the Holy Spirit. I have heard from older friends, older saints, and and brothers that as you age, the decisions of your life become magnified. And the good or bad character that you have been building into your life becomes amplified or made louder. So, If you live life with bitterness and distrust, let's just say there's not going to be many in your older years that want to be around you. Whereas someone like Simeon is an example to us of someone who spent his whole life resting in and relying upon what God promised to do for him. Allowing God to grow you in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, just to name a few spirit-gifted character qualities, is not only of benefit to those around you, but to yourself as well. Although not foolproof, others may actually want to be around you as you age. (laughs) And it is through this same Holy Spirit that Simeon has been kept awake and watching that Simeon has been waiting for the Savior's advent. And so he takes this child into his arms and he blesses him. And while he is at it, he says to God, Now I am ready to die. See, God had told Simeon that he would not die until he saw the Savior. So does this mean that Simeon has a stroke as soon as he hands baby Jesus back to his parents? No. (laughs) Though he may not have been far off, 
He now knows that he has nothing else that he is waiting on before death. God, in fulfilling his promises to the world and to his people, has also fulfilled the promise that he made to Simeon. His eyes have seen the salvation of God, exactly how God planned to do it. Now, summarizing what Simeon says next is very difficult, because he quotes from Bible texts all over the place. But mostly, he recites from Isaiah chapter 40, chapter 42, and chapter 50. And the amazing thing about what the man says is that it takes our text this morning and turns it into a missions text. (laughs) Who does Simeon say this Savior has been prepared for? All peoples. The Gentiles. Wait, verse 25 said that he was waiting for the comfort and the redemption of Israel. But Simeon has actually been paying attention at synagogue when the word of God was read. When everyone wanted him to be hearing the law and how he could live up to it, how he could rely upon the law, how he could trust in the law, all he heard were the promises of salvation in the midst of the law. Simeon knew that those under the law needed to be saved from it. And I love Joseph and Mary's response to this. They marveled. That word today reminds me of comic book movies. But what it really means is that they were surprised that this was true. How could they have been surprised? They talked to the angel. They know the miracle of the birth. They they know the way God stepped in and took care of them. They know everything that has been happening. And yet, they doubted. And then, we're surprised again by the truth. Simeon and Anna are like pictures of the results of faith. A faith that is finally seeing fruit. Faith gifted to them, which led to a good confession. Uh, That is, a repeating of the truth already spoken to them by God's word. And if these older saints are a picture of the product of faith, then Joseph and Mary are a picture of what faith looks like day to day. And you know very well what they are experiencing. That wave of understanding the good news. It it sounds and it feels something like, wow, this is a big deal. I I forgot how big of a deal this was. I, I get it again. This is what I believe, and this is why I believe it. The built-in hardness of our sinful hearts requires wave after wave of good news to crash into us, smash us down against the sand, and then float us back up to the surface. We must be constantly hit with the gospel. And this is why this season of COVID is so dangerous. Because cutting yourself off from the church, as easy as it is right now, is unwise and potentially deadly. Because here, on a Sunday morning, is the one and only place that you are absolutely guaranteed to hear the good news of Jesus for you. Now, I know the law is easier to hear. In fact, we like to hear it more. 
It gives us something to hold on to, something in our power and strength. But this is not going to be what carries you through a life of faith. Simeon said that God was now letting him die with the peace of knowing that all the promises were real and that they were all being completed. In fact, we sing that at Christmas, that Jesus' arrival preaches to us peace on earth and good news to all people. But as Jesus himself will say later, he does not bring peace. In fact, he stabs, he pierces hearts and divides the world. This word this morning shows us where that dividing line is and what hearts bleed when they are stabbed through. They will either bleed law or they will bleed gospel. One leading to death and one leading to life. People either trust in the promise and the faithfulness of God or they will trust in their faithfulness according to the law. But that stabbing of hearts is necessary. Yes, it leads to death, but death of the best kind, a death that releases us from the law, where we instead find faith and life in Jesus, his person and work for us. Verse 38 abruptly pulls us into another character and shows us an example of someone who gets it. She's a faithful, older saint that all churches have. It seems like She's always there. She realizes that she has nothing better to do than pray. She gets it. She gives thanks to God for all the same things Simeon is amazed and relieved about. She has been waiting and watching wide awake. And the good news that she has been trusting in, she got to see it come true. And I'm sure that she preached that good news until the day that her body gave out. I love the way these verses end. Joseph and Mary left and kept Jesus going. <laughs> None of us know how long we have with our children. But we do know that God has called us to faithfulness in that task, in that vocation. And that's exactly what they did. They took him home and they helped him grow. They knew the treasure that they held and they knew that they had been given a good calling, good vocation, a good task. And while they did that, Jesus had God's favor. The grace of God was constantly accompanying him, constantly going along with him. What does it mean to have God's favor? Well, it means that he is chosen and chosen for a very specific task. We have very little detail about his childhood, but we can say that he grew up and that he grew up to do one thing, remain under a law that could never save us so that he could save us from it. He lived a life that we could not and died a death that was meant to be ours so that we could be adopted into God's family, called his sons and daughters. We have received the spirit of God and in that we now share in the favor, the chosenness that Jesus had. For us, 
He kept the law, covered our sin, and satisfied God's wrath. He took your filthy rags. He took your filthiness, your sin and selfishness, and he dressed you in the righteousness of his only son. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Christian, you could never be saved by the law. So Jesus saved you from it. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.